welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's podcast about uh, probably the second best team in Dade County because uh, it's not going very well for the Heat. Uh, going okay for the Miami Hurricanes basketball team. Um, we are joined, as always, by our uh, Heat beat writer here at the Herald, Anthony Chang. Anthony, what's going on? Um, I'm doing well, David. Uh, how, how far? I think you tweeted this yesterday, but. How far away does April feel? Like oh my god, was I mean just I, with them, not only the Heat but the Panthers as right, well. Right, I was watching the Pan. I was actually watching the Panthers last night, um, covering them remotely, and as the Heat were getting blown out by uh, the Pistons and and the Panthers lose a, a lopsided game out west to the Winnipeg Jets, who were not a playoff team last year. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, you know, at least the Dolphins have a couple more months left in the season potentially because, um, you know, last year it's been actually the last couple of years where it's been like pretty miserable falls, right, with the Dolphins yeah. missing the playoffs and Miami being like a, you know, 507 win team basically. And, and the winter teams have kind of saved the day. Um, obviously, the Heat getting to the conference finals, the the Panthers winning the President's Trophy, Miami basketball getting to the Elite Eight. Um uh, not the case right now with, um, you know, obviously the Panthers, they're below 500 and sitting outside a playoff position right now. And the, the, we, we talk about the Heat here and the Heat, uh, probably their worst loss of the year on Tuesday night yeah. to the Pistons, uh, one of the worst teams in the league. And they get blown out, really. Uh, obviously, no Jimmy Butler, but that's the kind of loss that it doesn't matter who's missing from the lineup. You, you can't lose by you know, 15 plus points to the to a yeah. team like the Pistons. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to kind of go back to our discussion with the Panthers and the Heat. Like, they're going through similar things right now after, like, such, yeah. such great seasons last year. But the Panthers made a big move, right? The right, Heat, say, the complaint has been... Very differently. Yeah, the Heat, the complaint has been, like, they didn't do anything. They brought everybody back. They ran it back. Things are stale. And that might be true. But the Panthers, on the other hand tried to shake things up and so far it hasn't worked out. So I just, it's interesting how kind of like they went to, they went about it to, you know, very differently this off season and they're both kind of in the same place. Yeah. I will also say the one similarity is I think most fans going through the off season were kind of frustrated with, uh, I, th- I think people were okay with the Kachuk trade, but some of the mm-hmm. other moves the Panthers made in the off season, I think frustrated people. Um, and obviously similarly with the heat, um, that some of the moves or the non moves they made, I think frustrated uh, a lot of people. Um, I guess we will kind of litigate that as we go through this, this podcast and probably future podcasts, because, you know, clearly this heat team, whether, you know, what's their record right now? 12 and 11 and 14, 11 and 14, you know, they're probably not going to finish 10 games below 500, which is basically what their pace is right now. Right. Like I think we think this team is, at the very least, still, you know, a playoff team, a middle, bottom of the pack playoff team in the East. It'll probably be around 500 or something like that. Um, but clearly, I mean, I think we're at the point now, um, more than a quarter into the season, where unless they make a, a big move at some point, which seems pretty unlikely, um, it's clearly just not the same team as as last year and obviously like you said it is the same team as last year in a lot of ways um with so much of the roster coming back like who would have thought that just losing pj tucker would have like totally uh 
kind of, I don't want to say tank to this team because again, they're still probably going to be a playoff team, all that kind of stuff. But who would have thought that just losing PJ Tucker would change things so much? It's obviously not just about losing PJ Tucker. Sure. It's, it's yeah. just, you know, things change from year to year. The, the shape of the league changes from year to year. Players, skill levels improve and deteriorate from year to year. Um, and I think the one concern we had going into the offseason was not necessarily that they were going to run it back because I think there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, you go to the Eastern Conference Finals, like it means you have a pretty good roster. But the way that the rest of the league, you know, the Celtics, the uh, every, every, every other contender pretty much, except the Mavericks really, like went out and upgraded and the Heat didn't. Now, of course, the problem, you know, that doesn't explain why you lose a game like uh, Tuesday night to the Pistons or Monday night to the the Grizzlies without John Morant. Um, So what is, you know, we kind of end up doing the same thing every week. Like, what what the heck is wrong with this team? But but coming off these two games that are, you know, the Grizzlies, I know the Grizzlies are good even without John. We're really good without John last year. Um, But that was definitely kind of a missed opportunity on Monday night. Um, and then Tuesday night, just kind of inexcusable. What what what's going wrong for these guys right now? I just don't think, and we've said this before. Like I don't think they have an identity, right? Like I don't know if it's because so many guys are in and out of the lineup, and the identity changes from game to game yeah. based on like who's available and who's not, and it's just kind of messed with things. Even though last year he missed a lot of guys too. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, and they, and they overcame yeah. it. So it's hard to make that as an excuse, but it is reality. Like. That can't affect the team. Um, but, like, big picture, I just think a lot of guys have taken a step back, right, from last mm-hmm. year. Like, they haven't really – they were relying so much on internal improvement because they brought pretty much everybody back. Um, and so far, they just haven't had really that that internal improvement yet that to translate into kind of building on last season. You know, you have three guys who are averaging 20 or more points and Jimmy Tyler and Bam – other than that, I mean, Gabe Vincent, he's been injured a lot in and out of the lineup, shooting mm-hmm. under 30% on threes. Um, Max Strews has had some good games, but he's been pretty up and down and inconsistent. Duncan Robinson is out of the rotation. Um, you're hoping that, you know, you were hoping that one of these guys like Haywood Highsmith or right. uh, one of those developmental guys will like kind of take a step forward. And Haywood Highsmith has flashed the last few weeks, but even him, like he still hasn't really been able to gain like track consistent traction uh this season and then victor's just made a season debut yesterday he hadn't played all year almost year seven gonna be out probably until march at least mm-hmm. so just everybody around like the big three if you want to call it that of tyler bam and jimmy they just haven't taken the necessary step forward for this team to to even just get close to what it was last season last season there were so many of the guys that were like having career best years right and that's just not the case this year and um and kind of back to the identity conversation, their defense has been trending in the right direction. They were top 10, I think, before last night's game, after being like 20-something right. a month ago. So it has been trending in the right direction, although that's a lot because of the zone, right? They've used the zone a lot, and zone has been effective. We've touched on that many times, you and I, David. But the offense is very concerning. Um, fifth worst offensive rating in the NBA. That is definitely not going to cut it. We've said it since last year. Their formula is... Top 10, you know, ideally top five defense and like just league average on offense, right? Like that would probably get you probably a deep playoff run. They're 12th in defense, not top 10, and they're fifth worst in offense. So yeah, they have a long way to go, uh, especially on the offensive end to get to where they want to be. 
Yeah, uh, the other piece obviously is, is Kyle Lowry, which yeah, you know we were po- we were pretty positive about him last week because he was really good on that road trip when he had to be the guy. Um, but then last night only makes one shot. Like he's he's yeah. still more of playoff Kyle Lowry than he was start of last year Kyle Lowry, um, and that is you know that that ultimately a lot of the the trouble with the Heat not to put it all on Kyle Lowry because he's. Um, an aging point guard uh, like it's not a surprise that he is starting to fall off as a player um, but that was the Heat's move right you know and I, again they had, was there another move out there at the time when they trade they traded a whole bunch to get Kyle Lowry like not necessarily um, would they have been better off holding those and see if you could use it to get you know you know we always say there's got, guys always come available if, if you wait um, if they had not traded for Kyle Lowry and hung on to Precious and some of those other assets, would they have been in the mix for Donovan Mitchell? Or, you know, I don't know if Rudy Gobert would have been a fit, but obviously he got traded and would have, you know, was clearly available and um, yeah, I'm probably missing a couple other stars that they're just slipping my mind who have, have been dealt in the last couple of years. Um, but their move was Kyle Lowry and, it just kind of frankly has not panned out and it was going to be fine if, if Tyler here, if, you know, if Kyle Lowry could be your fourth best player. Right. Um, and you could count on Jimmy, like you said, Jimmy, bam, Tyler to be a big three and they've been good, but they haven't been like, I don't think they've been as good as they need to be when, when Kyle, like when you're building a roster, the, the way that they are, you know, they don't have, I think Jimmy playoff in the playoffs, Jimmy is clearly a top 10 player, but, in the regular season, every year in the regular season, he's not necessarily been that. Yeah. Um, Bam is obviously a very unique type of number two option. Um, and, you know, probably pretty much like a league, you know, as far as the top teams in the league go, he's probably something close to league average for, for a number two. Um, and Tyler Hero, I mean, this is really the first year where he's like, I guess last year too, like the first year where he's kind of like, being asked to play at like a star level and um you know he's been good he was really good last night um but it's just they're 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 constructed in in a lot of ways like a team that has a uh a big three and the rest of the roster is kind of just like flotsam and like just piece yeah. it like random little pieces um and and their big three right now is not good enough for that and that obviously that comes back to the issue that they kind of the risk of the building the team the way that he has basically since, I mean, going back even further, but, but like in the Jimmy Butler era where, um, you know, so much money has been tied up in a handful of guys, which is the case for a lot of teams, obviously. Um, but the heat, instead of, um, filling their, you know, PJ Tucker was obviously an exception. Like in some ways, I don't think losing PJ Tucker has been a big deal, but it's kind of been like illustrate illustrative illustrative because like, he was like the last like established guy that they kind of had, right? You know, they had him and Markeith Morris last year, and Victor Oladipo right. maybe falls in this category too. Obviously, we haven't seen very much of him, but a guy who like every team you could put him on basically any team in the league, and you'd feel like he'd be pretty useful. Whereas the rest of the Heat roster, even a guy like Duncan Robinson, who's highly paid now, like developmental those are guys, heat, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're Heat, they're Heat developmental guys that if if you know, if, if Caleb Martin was playing somewhere else for the last three years, he might not be in the league right now. Right. Like, or, or, uh, you know, they, he kind of won a two way deal. And the, he's like, we're like, he's their fifth best player now. Like it's, it was a, a really 
it, I mean, the Heat obviously need to be commended for it. It kept, made them a title contender for the last three years, basically. But, um, you know, we see how it, we saw it with Duncan. He gets he's incredible and then teams figure it out. There's a reason he was undrafted and played Division three basketball. Right. Max Struess, maybe, some, you know, like you said, had some good games this year, but he's, his story is obviously very similar to Duncan's. The guy was a, I think, Division two player. Yeah. Um, finish it to Paul undrafted. He plucks him out of nowhere. He becomes a sharpshooter. And understandably, he's a guy who's not like an every night superstar type player. And um, you're 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 definitely feeling that with the Heat right now, where all it takes is missing on one one of those guys. Right. One or two of those guys. And when you've got no vets to kind of lean back on. Um, and like you said, Haywood Highsmith's been been promising but it's the first time in a long time the heat hasn't just plucked one of these guys out of nowhere and been able to stick them into the rotation like you feel that gap yeah i, I think for sure i mean depth depth wasn't uh, a big strength last season for the heat right and and some of that was because pj tucker was starting you had caleb off the bench or tyler hero off the bench the top scoring bench in the nba now i think they're like the fourth or fifth lowest scoring bench mm-hmm. in the nba a lot of that's because tyler's now starting you don't have that scoring punch you hope victor can make up for some of that but yeah. How much can you really rely on Victor at this point? Right. Like, it's just a, an accomplishment for him to get on the court last night, right? Can he stay healthy? Can he play consistently? Can he play back-to-backs? Can he play 25, 30 minutes a game? Is he going to be efficient? Like, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered with Victor. It's hard to really rely on him at this point. And then, yeah, like, you're also relying on all these guys to continue to get better. Like, Max Schrues, Gabe Vincent, you know, Dwayne Dedman, who was, he was – he's been very good for the last few years since he got him, but this year – you know, he's dealing with a foot issue. It's limited him. He's in and out of the, of the lineup. Um, the, his minutes have not been especially productive, um, you know, for the team as a whole. Uh, when he's out there and Bam's out in the game, there's just a lot of holes right now on this roster that I don't know how they plug him. I, I really don't. Like, it's yeah. not like they have, uh, I don't know, few, last few years, like, they've always had a guy that's not playing, like, the 10th or 11th man that made Max Schuess and Gabe Vincent were those guys, like, two or three years ago where, Okay, someone's not playing well. Put them in there for 20 minutes and see what happens, right? They don't really have that this year. Like it's it's the the roster just has a very different feel um, as far as depth goes, and some of that is because of injuries, right? Like Omar Yurtseven would definitely help at this point. Yesterday mm-hmm. they had to play Jovic as backup center because Deadman was out. Not ideal. Jovic is not a center. Um, and that's why they have Yurtseven for. It's unfortunate that he's hurt. Victor Oladipo before last night, like they would really needed a spark off the bench. He wasn't available until yesterday. So injuries have played a role, but at the same time, yeah, it's like you said, like the 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 way the roster is constructed this season, just it feels like depth is not a strength, and and that hasn't been the case the last few years where depth was one of their biggest strengths. Yeah. And going back to Kyle Lowry, he didn't have a good game last night, but I will say like he was questionable before the questionable before the game left ankle soreness and. He played through it because Gabe had to miss the game. And yeah. Gabe, it's not the Gabe and Kyle. They don't have a point guard. Kyle is the only one who's played in every game this season. Yeah. 36 years That's old. True. He's played the second most minutes in the NBA behind only Kevin Durant, which is kind of crazy and obviously not ideal for the Heat for him, you know, him to be playing that many minutes at this age. So, yeah, he didn't have a great game, but he's been the one guy who's always been available. Yeah, it is, you're season. right. It is hard to blame him. He catches a lot of flack, obviously, because he was the big move they made. Um, and again, if, if Jimmy had played in every game this year or um or like you said the depth was a bigger strength like it wouldn't be as big a deal that he has some off nights which should be expected from a guy who's 
almost 40 years old, right? Playing point guard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, another parallel I've been thinking about with them and the Panthers. Well, you mentioned the identity. I think both teams kind of like you lack an identity. The Panthers are between identities. I think changing coach and trying to go from like their just like run and gun, basically, um, almost like the seven seconds or less Suns, basically, Suns, to yeah. being like yeah. a. Um, you know, a team that they think can win in the playoffs, like a more defensive minded team, longer possessions, uh, more like grinding ugly shots in front of the net. Um, and with the heat and I, I think the Panthers theory right now is, you know, they're sitting at, like I said, they're sitting outside the playoffs, which, but I think ultimately they're like, just make the play and hockey is different than basketball. Just make the playoffs and you can win, you know, eight seeds, win the Stanley cup, like not all the time, but like, it's not unheard of. Um, so, uh, I think their theory is basically like just get into the playoffs and the style will work better there. And, and I think the heat, you know, it's interesting because so much of what I think make you know, the heat are such a different team in the playoffs, right. than they are in the regular season because Jimmy changes the way he plays. He plays more aggressively, obviously as a scorer, um, they really like slow the games down. Uh, I think a lot more in the playoffs, which not that they are like a up-tempo team as it stands but like it's just easier to like grind out defensive wins and lean on jimmy just being spectacular when you just have to do it you know every other when you're playing every other night um obviously it's grueling you still have the way they wore down but like they have a night there they have a clear identity in the playoffs um and the same way that i think the panthers have an identity that they think is going to work in the playoffs but like once you're 25 games into the year and like the playoffs aren't necessarily guaranteed and, and different, you know, it's different in the NBA because I think he'll make the playoffs. Right. But like, I think so. <laughs> but like being an eight seed in the playoffs, like yeah, that yeah. doesn't right. do you any good basically in the NBA. Sure. Like when's the last time an eight seed upset a wall, like yeah. you got to be a top five seed, right? Well, I think yeah. the Heat were a five in the bubble and there was like the lowest seed to make the finals. Right. In and like, quite since a like long 90, time. 1990. Is it since the Knicks, like that, maybe the yeah. eight seed yeah. Knicks in yeah. the expand, yeah. the, the lockout year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think both teams are in a position where, like, I think if they get to the playoffs in the position they're in, like, in the position they want to be, there's, like, there are more reasons for hope than there are right now. But right now, it's it's pretty ugly. And, again, I think, you know, at the same time the Heat did, like, it, you know, it's great that they went to the finals in the bubble. It's great that they went to the Eastern Conference finals last year. But they did also have a really, really ugly playoff exit uh, against the Bucks in the middle of that. And, um this this year is kind of starting to feel pretty. That was obviously the COVID year, very weird season. The COVID, the the mm-hmm. real COVID season, there was no one in the building, and uh, you know guys missed long stretches with COVID. Um, this is kind of starting to feel similar to that, where it's like we're just waiting for it to like click into place, right? And it's it's not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was about to make that point. Like, yeah, you could say like they have a formula in the playoffs. Jimmy turns into a different player. They have something that we've seen work in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, they're playing better defensively, right? If you're playing top, better defensively, if the Heat are yeah. top like six or seven in defense, and you have Jimmy Butler. Yeah, like you have a chance. You always have a chance. Yeah, really. Good but chance. at the same time, yeah, like we saw it two years ago when you when you put yourselves in a position where you're facing an elite team in the first round, like, and you don't have home court advantage, you you're you're probably gonna lose the series, right? Like if the Heat are if the Heat end up as the sixth seed and and they're facing I, don't know, I know it's crazy to say Cleveland's a really good team, but they are a really good team. Yeah. And they don't have home court advantage in Cleveland. Like, that's a tough series. You don't want to be in that situation, right? You want to be 
ideally a top four seed to have home court in, in the yeah. first round. Um, you don't want to be the eighth seed facing the Celtics in the first round. Yeah, the Heat have a, always have a shot because we've you know they've seen this core get it done. But when you're an eighth seed and you're, and you're on the road against Boston, like that's very tough ask for them to win that series. So they need. Uh, I guess the positive, if there is one in all this, is like they're still. I think. Um, this two and a half back of the four seed. Right, that's uh, the thing. So like, like all they need, like it's kind of the same thing with the Panthers. Like if they win four or five in a row here, they're like they're coming yeah. back for a homestand. Like all of a sudden you're like, all right, like things are okay. Same yeah. With the and, and, if they win four or five in a row at some point, you're like, all right, it, it's okay. But again, we're waiting for that to happen. We're, we're, we're continuing to wait, and you know I think a lot of it is like they just need to get their guys consistently in the lineup to play together, right? Like we've seen them in and out, and we saw last Friday in Boston, like that was. I guess that and Phoenix were like the two best wins of the year, but mm-hmm. what we saw in Boston is what we saw last season. Elite defense. Yeah. Jimmy Butler taking over late in the game. That's the formula for this team, and they just haven't been whole for them to play that style of basketball. They've been having to play a ton of zone because all their best defenders have been out. Jimmy Butler is not there to lead, you know, lead the clutch offense. Um, it, it's just been, uh, again, I don't want to make an excuse for them, but I think it's played a big role. Just in all the moving parts of this team, um, and they just haven't had the three-point shooting to make up for. Last year they shot like a historically right, good percentage from three. One of those guys were out to 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 survive. This year they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA, and that's the big difference. So where can they go from here? You you mentioned that they just it doesn't feel like they have the the pieces, right? Like. Is there, uh, I think everyone's like, can they make a move at some point here? Yeah. And you know that if they're in this kind of position, you know, we're a long way from the trade deadline, so I don't want to, like, talk too much about potential trades, but, like, what's what's the feeling? Is the the feeling that they know they got to make a, a fix, or is the feeling that they're still, um, I don't want to say confident, but but hope optimistic that this yeah. group can, can steer their way out of this? Yeah, I, I don't want to say they don't have the pieces, right? It, it does feel like they're, like, a piece short at yeah. this point. But uh, they have most of the pieces, I would think. But yeah. I think Victor, it is worth seeing what ha- what they look yeah. like now with Victor Oladipo in there and, a little more. And Jimmy in the lineup, right? Like, he's missed 10 of the first 25 games. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, that is a lot. <laughs> so, that, that, I mean, that, that makes a big difference. Um, I, I think that he still feel like when they're healthy, when they're whole, they're one of the best teams in the East. And they might not be wrong, but it's getting to a point of the season where they have to get going, right? Like they can't, unfortunately for guys, like ideally, yeah, you, a lot of guys are second out of a back-to-back just to get rest and playoffs big picture. You know, you want to be healthy, but they got to fight their way for playoff positioning at this point. Like in a month, we're going to be halfway through the schedule. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be early anymore. Um, so uh, one of the other positives is, and, you know, we could very easily in two weeks, David, be like, oh, wow, they fixed everything. They're now number four in the East. Seven of the next 10 games come against sub-500 teams. And it was eight of 11. We count last night. But they lost. Yeah. They missed that opportunity. This is a stretch, stretch that they need to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And they should take advantage of. Playing San Antonio twice. You play OKC. You play the Bulls. Um, you played Detroit last night. Like, you have some very, very winnable games. You play the Rockets. Um, I guess the Lakers are playing better, but they play the Lakers. Like 
they have very winnable games coming up, and they could go on a run right now, right? I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked by that. And all of a sudden, they are above 500 and they're fourth in the East, so mm-hmm. that's possible. But there are still issues that that need to be fixed. And yeah, beating bad teams is what good teams do. But until yeah. they consistently put together like quality wins and avoid these bad bad losses, it's hard to have any confidence in this team at this point. Yeah, I've always promised to not overreact if they have a three-win week against well, three terrible problem. teams yeah. here, right? Yeah, like that, that's the thing. I can see us very easily next week. Like they play the next three games, Clippers, which are not are decent, but then they play the Spurs. Uh-huh. The two of the next three games are against. I think two of the next three games are two of their only games against winning teams, like in the next three weeks. So oh, is that Clippers the week the other one? Not, Clippers and the Pacers, which not again, two not again. not elite Pacers, teams, big but game. Chase the Pacers. The yeah, Pacers have been playing well. They already beat Miami Indian, in Indianapolis. Um, but yeah, they, they, after that, it's OKC, Houston, San Antonio, the Bulls, Pacers, Timberwolves, Lakers. Um, so yeah, I mean, two weeks, we could be here overreacting, saying they're back and they're going to win the championship. Probably not. But let, yeah, let's make a promise not to overreact to four or five wins out of seven games because the schedule does get kind of soft here. Yeah. I, honestly, you, you mentioned they need to get some good wins against good teams. Like, they have a couple of those, right? Like, we have seen, like, the A performance from the Heat, like the um, Phoenix game, which obviously Chris Paul didn't play in. Um, yeah. And Golden I mean, State. Boston, Golden State, State was a good win. Um, and Boston, as you said, on Friday, which is a game that I think if the Pistons game had if just taken care of business last night, that would have been what we talked mostly about uh, this game because that was an incredible win for the Heat. Um, Jimmy Butler was spectacular. Um, they bounced back from a, um, I'd say, like frustrating loss two nights before, right? They had a chance to probably win that game up in Boston and um, let, let the Celtics kind of run away in the fourth quarter. Um, it is it, right now. It's more about the like terrible losses, I think, than anything. Yeah. And um, as you said, like good teams beat those teams. Um, good teams also beat those teams like badly, right? And yeah. I, I think. Um, that's what's the difference with the Heat right now. And when I talk about, you know, there's reasons to think that when they get to the playoffs and they can play the, their A game on a more regular basis because um, I, I think they have just, like like I said, a clear identity when they get there. Um, you know, that they're clearly not the favorite in the East and they're clearly a, a cut below, I think, Boston and Milwaukee and, and probably even Cleveland at this point. Um no matter kind of where they get in the regular season, it feels like. But um, right now, the, the problem is, like, they're just they're inconsistent. And part of that, like you said, is obviously guys in and out of the lineup. Um, but, you know, even when the guys are out there, like, they put up stinkers, like, kind of regularly. Um, even when they've got Jimmy in the lineup, you know, they've, they've lost. I don't know what the record is when he's in the lineup. It's obviously better it's than great. their overall it's record. Not it's not like incre- no. It's not like they're, like, 7-3 and three when he's in there or whatever, like. Or eight and two, it might be seven and three. But like you know, it's not it's not overwhelming. It's not at the point where you're like, just get him healthy and it's fine. Like they're just they're relying on a lot of kind of below average NBA players in, to play a lot of minutes, and um, that's not a recipe for success, obviously. So, what do you think is the ceiling for this team at this point? I think the ceiling for this team, you know, I think it's going to be unless. 
you know, barring some incredible turnaround, like Celtics-like turnaround, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that, it's kind of an, I think, like, the way I keep thinking Celtics, about that, by the way. I keep thinking about the Celtics last year. I'm but not saying it's such, an outlier. it's such an outlier. It's an outlier. Like, I think we have yeah. to just remember that is, like, one of the best second yeah. half, like, one of the most improbable midseason turnarounds of all time, and not think of it like that. I mean, it probably means the heat ceiling is, like, the four seed, right? Like, I think Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, to Cleveland, me, yeah. look like the clear top three in the East. Um I think that you win a first round series. I don't know who would be the maybe the, maybe you get Philly again in the first Pacers round. Pacers right? or Hawks or yeah. I mean I still expect Nets, the Pacers to kind yeah. of fall off. You win a first round series. I think the ceiling is basically you play a really competitive. You run into one of those really good teams. Um, for, you know I, I think Milwaukee or, or or Boston. If that's your second round opponent, you play a really competitive series with them and probably come up a little short, similar to last year. Uh, maybe if you get uh, Cleveland in round two, you could pull off an upset in that series because, you know, they're a younger team that not that, you know, kind of the same way they beat Milwaukee in the bubble. Right. Like a team that wasn't necessarily quite ready, probably in the heat, just with Jimmy Butler's sheer will and all that kind of stuff could, could pull out the win. But I mean, they it's hard to see them. And, you know, again, it's a, I, I expect a competitive series if they get into one of those because of what the track record we've seen from the heat, but it's hard to see them cracking that, that top tier that, again, I keep putting Cleveland there, but really the Milwaukee, Boston, like yeah, based the, on the cost of the East. Yeah. Yeah, that's the cost yeah. of the East. Yeah. 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 I agree. And I, I, you and I have been on here, I think feel like trying to calm fans down. Right. After like all these bad losses, like, Oh, things are going to get better. Like when they get healthy and they're still a really good team. We've seen it, but I'm at the point where I'm not saying like it's time to panic, but it's getting close, right? Like, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been doing the same thing with the Panthers the last like yeah. two weeks, basically. Like it, they've had all these moments where they could, right? Like they had a good home, they had a homestand last week. They beat Boston, who's the best team in the league, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they figured it out, and then they promptly like blow a huge lead to St. Louis and lose a couple of games on the road, and um, yeah, it's it's similar. So, sometimes it's just who a team is, right? Like right. 500 teams will do that. A 500 bad, team bad will, teams be good teams sometimes. Yeah, like uh, I, you know, at some point we have to realize like maybe this is who this season, this year's Heat team is. Like just a inconsistent team who can really be any team on any given night, but can also lose to any team on any given night. Like you can't really, you can't really uh, like just expect something because they haven't earned that, right? Like they haven't been consistent. Mm-hmm. Again, injuries have a lot to do with it, but. There just hasn't been a consistent identity um, that you could just bank on and be like, okay, they're going to do this. So if they make – like last year, right, if they made 40% of their threes, we knew they were going to win because the defense was always there. Right. The defense was always on. So if they had a good shooting night, they were winning because you knew what a baseline, like our defense is going to be really, really good. This year, there's not that. Like they've lost, I think, two or three games already where they've shot over 40% because their defense is not as reliable. So – there are very re- little reliable um, things you can count on yeah. with this season's team. They don't I think do that's anything like super well, right? That's, no. that's the thing. Last year they shot the three really well and they defended really well. Like those were two right. calling cards they kind of had. And then you had Jimmy Butler, right? Like who in crunch time, he's one of the better guys in the league. Um, yeah. And right now they don't, they're not shooting well. They're not defending particularly well. Those, you noted, know, maybe getting there. Um, and Jimmy Butler just hasn't been in there enough to, to like, will you to victory as he will do, you know, kind of like 10 times a year or whatever, right? Like that's what superstars do is like, you 
you just get a free number of wins basically when you have a, a guy like that out there and he hasn't been out there enough to to get you those that, that one win a week where it's just like he's so spectacular that he pulls out in the fourth quarter or whatever yeah do you think like victor oladipo can help i like victor oladipo i think we were both pretty optimistic about yeah. him coming into the year um i think for a team that is like you said, they're not shooting the three as well, they, which means they need to find different ways to score. Just his downhill ability should do a lot for this team. And defensively, right, like he was another, when we talked about what this team has a potential to be defensively, he's a part of that, right? Like we were like, could he, is he crunch time five in the playoffs? Is he going to be in it because he's that good of a defensive player? Um, so, you know, he's, I'm, I'm not expecting him to, come out and every night be spectacular and you know i did i predict him was my bold prediction that he was going to win sixth man of the year in the preseason was, i think, I think um yeah. like that's not going to happen obviously um he probably, probably made a bold prediction after last year yeah uh, pr- not probably, not, probably not yeah. going to happen i mean i guess if he's incredible and it turns the heat season around he could win it um, yeah, Robert is 28 points a game on 50% shooting for the rest of the year. He'll win, he'll win I don't think he even needs to be that good. I think if he comes back and he sparks a turnaround, like if it, they're like, you know what, change the heat season is getting Victor Oladipo back, like that, that, that fixed things for them. Um, but I'm not expecting that, obviously. Yeah. But um, I think if he, you know, he, he uh, on paper fixes, fills some of those holes that we've he been does. Oh. with the heat. So yeah. I, I think. I'm not going to say he's going to make a difference because he's played so a big difference because he's played so few games over the last uh, three years or whatever. It's like hard to know exactly what you're going to get. But if you get the Victor Oladipo we saw in the playoffs, like that'll help this team a lot. Yeah, right. You, you don't know what you're going to get because you don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy and play big minutes consistently. Right. But how, he know, does his burst and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, hold up. But. Right. It's been just one game, but I he does like hypothetically, I guess check a few boxes that the Heat needs yeah. to improve on, right? Like a point of attack defense, um, just another dynamic score, a guy who can create for his own and create for others. Like they need that, especially off the bench, because now with Fellow Hero starting, they they desperately need a spark off the bench. So, yeah, I think Victor can help. Is he the answer to all the Heat's problems? Definitely not. Um, but if he can stay healthy and give them, you know, 20 to 25 solid minutes off the bench – that would fix one of the Heat's uh, mm-hmm. issues. So, um, yeah, I think he'd have to hope that he can just continue to get stronger, get better, and just stay available because the Heat need him. I think they really do need him if, they, if they're going to reach their ceiling. Yeah. All right. I think we can wrap things up there um, unless you got anything else. Um, we'll, we'll be back next week, though, to overreact to a couple of wins maybe. I'll, I'll say, if they, if they have a good week here, like you said, they got some – I'm not going to get too excited about them beating the Pacers despite the Pacers record, but that would yeah. be a big win just because That's a good we're talking, win. Yeah. when we're talking about playoff positioning, which is a concern for this team right now, right? Like, you know, I know there's uh, 60 games left, right? But, um, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where, like, you kind of know who the, the tiers are, right? And every win against the team in your tier is, is kind of important, and that would kind of qualify at this point. I mean, again, like, I think, I think Indiana will fall out at some point, but... Um, who knows? So yeah, uh, just just stringing together wins at this point, right, no matter who it is, is is yeah. is big. And um, yeah, like uh, it feels like every every other week in this like one week we're like I know things were, they did they, they finally turn the corner. 
Next, next week, oh, they're, everything's bad. Oh, they, they finally got some wins. It's I think we good. can't overreact to individual wins, right? Like, because that's, no. the, like you said, that's trends. his identity. Trends. It's yeah. trends. And, uh, you know, you win three in a row. None of these individual wins, I don't think, would be super exciting, right? Like, uh, when when is them? Are those three games in, the, in our recording, in our window before our next recording? L.A., um, what did we say? This no. like San Antonio. Spurs, Indiana? yeah. And, you know, it's Clippers, Spurs, Pacers. Yeah. So those are and all those are all next, next week before we record next time. Yes. And so, the only one that's out on the road is the Pacers. Next right. Week. So, like, none of those wins individually are, like, that exciting. But, like you said, they got to string wins together. The, what I need to see from this Heat team right now is, like, a five-game winning streak. Yeah. And just consistent, like, an identity, right? Like, some type of, like, consistent thing you can bank on, which there is nothing right now. Yeah. All right, uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, follow him for all of your heat stuff if you want to read about it right now. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, follow me for all your Panthers stuff if you want to read that right now. Um, so let's we'll, we'll see if they can turn this thing around, I think. Um, but no matter what they do in the next week, we're not going to overreact. Uh, we will we'll have the same complaints probably when we come back next week. Although, uh, I can already I see it. Have, have their heat already? Have the heat figured it out? Are they I'm back? excited to see Victor Oladipo. Maybe we'll come back and be like, can Victor Oladipo win Sixth Man of the Year because he's going to be spectacular in the next yeah. couple of games? Yeah, so. we'll, see. we'll see. All right. Uh, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace.